Hey folks, Future Lucas here. Just wanted to jump in before the episode real quick with a important update on July 1st at about 6 p.m. Baby Bishop was born. That's right. John had a baby. I quite frankly don't believe it either. <laughs> but that means a couple things. First off, what you need to do is you need to pause this episode and either go onto our Twitter or open up your email and send a congratulations to John and Lizzie and their baby. Uh, you can do so. <laughs> this feels weird to do at the beginning of the episode. You can do so at the Gachat or the at gmail.com. I know it means the world to John. But two, while Baby Bishop did come at a very thematically good time right after our 100th episode, it was still a bit early. Very inconvenient and inconsiderate of this less than a week-year-old baby. So that means... I haven't really done all that much vis-a-vis getting guest hosts together. So I'll probably need about two weeks to get that together. I'll keep you updated uh, on our Twitter when we're coming back, but just expect next week, maybe two, probably no new episodes. That being said, it's already a long episode, so I'm going to stop talking. And well, what's going to happen is you're going to hear me talking immediately again, because the first thing that you hear is me saying, hey folks, it's us podcasting Wonderkins, John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Hmm. So anyway, that's going to happen right now. Hey folks, it's us podcasting Wonderkins, John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. All right, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the 100th episode of the kachat for the 100th time i'm lucas southworth and i'm john bishop probably not for the 100th time for you oftentimes you just refuse to say your name at the beginning of the episode i feel like i've done it every time maybe who knows who knows if you do know if you want to listen to the first minute of all 100 episodes of the Kachat and let us know. I don't know. We'd probably appreciate that. Oh, no, Lucas. What's up? That's that's more than an hour and a half just to listen to the intros of every episode. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'll be transparent. Intros are not our strength. <laughs> all right. But we are so excited to have somehow been doing this for 100 episodes. It is a special day in our very special podcast. Uh, and for this very special day podcast, we decided to watch Cars. Mm -hmm. Which, when you think about it, John, <laughs> that shouldn't be that special for this podcast, should it? It shouldn't. Uh, there was a podcast that was started around the same time as ours, 
called Cars Too Many Times, and their whole premise was that they would watch Cars 2 and then do an episode. Yeah, yeah, they watched uh, Cars 2 every time they did an episode. But John, I know you've been keeping a tally for us. Uh, So over the course of the last 99 episodes, how many times have we watched Cars for this podcast? One. Hmm. Troubling. Uh, but today, today marks two. Hey, and you know what? Let's go ahead and call it a tradition because last time was on episode 50. So every 50 episodes, folks, we're, we're going to watch it. <laughs> so look forward to that. <laughs> okay. So by the 200th episode, we'll have watched this anywhere from three to 103 times yeah we could change the format completely and watch it every episode but we're not going to do that are we john we are not of course Uh, (laughs) because if we were to do that that would make us i don't know uh very bored yeah like and i'm not saying that cars is a boring movie yeah i wouldn't say i'm saying that i have watched my favorite movie Less than 20 times. Yeah, you're not a big movie rewatcher. I'm not. Well, I'm glad we're breaking you that habit, John, to watch a, an okay movie multiple times. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to devote over 100 hours of my life to making a podcast about a movie, I reckon I can watch it a few times. That's real good of you, John. And one last thing before we we get into the movie. I just wanted to ask, did you think when we started this podcast, we would get to 100 episodes? I believe in our first few episodes, we made some jokes about episodes like 100 and 200. And our response then is uh, very showing of how I feel right now. Uh, I believe our response was just, (laughs) yeah, if we get to 100 episodes like that'll ever happen. And now my response is essentially, oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe a more like a how did it happen? <laughs> I can't believe that this happened. Yeah, me neither, man. But, you know, we're living the dream. Not everyone would get the opportunities we get to talk about cars a lot, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so with that out of the way, let's jump into the freaking movie for the second time. What 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 was the first thing that caught your eye in the movie Cars, John? Uh, well, the first thing that caught my eye, probably like a tire or something. Yeah, that's probably the first visual thing in it. It's like one of those little intercuts of racing, you know. But if we're talking non-literally, uh, then I could, of course, bring up my list that I sent not sent uh i typed up in a message to you that i did not intend to send and have not sent uh and that is of course first thing i've got listed everyone flashes yeah i uh, that was something i noticed in this one i've never been super sold on the idea that headlights are genitalia (laughs) man imagine if this is someone's first episode Uh, And I imagine it will be someone's because I imagine I'll be like, hey, we've done 100 episodes. Come check it out. So, yeah, sorry, we're talking about car genitalia, but we also warn you about that in our disclaimer. Uh, 
So anyway, I've never been sold on, on the idea of Headlights' genitalia. Uh, of course, the evidence for that comes from this movie where Mia and Tia, the two twins, come up to Lightning and are like, we're your biggest fans. And then they go, ka-chow! And they're Miatas, so their headlights pop out and are on. And mm-hmm. th- there are murmurs of like, oh, from the crowd of journalists and Lightning's like, I love my job. So what they did, I would assume, is akin to flashing. But I'm not sure that just turning on your headlights is flashing in any way. Hmm. See, it's hard to say because you think about the fact that they did the wave. The audience did the wave and everyone flashed their headlights and then me and Tia do it. And it's got an implication of sexuality. And then there are other things throughout the movie that make you think, okay, what is sexuality in this world? Yeah. Uh, One example is of course a man showing what seems to be his scrote to, to people that he's never met before uh, showing off his job, how good he is at, tattooing his own scrote and then there's the fact that although she's clearly embarrassed when someone spots it good old sally has a thing that is colloquially known as a tramp stamp oh she sure do which implies to me that like her lower back an area that is somewhat risque and viewed as like somewhat sexualized is just always out there always visible And then these girls flash their headlights, which aren't always visible, but for most people are visible. And then this man has to have a special system where he can hydraulically lift himself so that he can show off his scrote. So, like, I'm thinking that the sexualization of body parts is clearly based only on implication. So you have to be doing it intentionally for it to be sexual. So I think headlights might still be some form of genitalia. Yeah, I like what you're saying that just like those things were viewed sexually because Ramon, who John was talking about, and Mia and Tia were intending them to be sexual. I I could see it go further and just like, I don't know, Mater swings his hook around and he wants it to be sexual and people can just sort of tell. And they're like, oh my gosh, Mater, stop. <laughs> so I do kind of like the idea that just like sexuality, uh, like phys- physical sexuality is just shown through whatever body part you want if you put enough intent behind it, which is interesting. Okay. I like that. I'll say uh, I'm going to do two real quick of things I noticed. The first is super short. We've spent a lot of time in later episodes being like, they probably eat, right? They eat, Mm -hmm. right? And then like in the first lines of the first movie, uh, Lightning McQueen says, breakfast. Should I have eaten breakfast? So yeah, they definitely eat. (laughs) Yeah, Brecky would go real good right now. (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's explicit. Uh, And then the other thing, the big thing that I was struck by in the racing scene, in all the racing scenes, was, man, it'd be nice to know anything about NASCAR. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I saw the yellow car, a car that I've seen many times and I've always been confused about, but I've never asked enough. I've never looked it up and never tried to figure out what's up with this car. All I could tell is that if he hadn't gotten in front of the car, 
he would have been a lap behind. Not sure why, but it's a thing. Yeah. So I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're doing a bunch of guest spots. So if you listening to this know a lot about NASCAR, send us an email or a tweet at us or something. We would probably like to have you on because this leads into my other point. And it's a point we've made, so I won't belabor it. But like Chick Hicks, man, it's blatant how much he rams other cars. And I know that can't be legal. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to say something that's really close to the end of my list. A character near the end of the movie asks the question, is pushing on the last lap yes, legal? I wrote down about the exact same line for the exact same reason, but go ahead. So Lightning stops, doesn't win the Piston Cup because he wants to be a good guy and he helps king finished the race so then some of the commentators look at this and they're like oh that's sweet wait a minute is pushing legal the only reason king nearly died was because he had been pushed by a person who throughout the entire movie had pushed a lot and i don't mean pushed like oh nudge them forward so that they can complete the race no, he aggressively pushed in order to cause them physical harm. Like he did a pit maneuver on him to intentionally make him crash while going hundreds of miles per hour. And like, I guess maybe in the opening race, you could argue, oh, they just didn't see because they're just cars everywhere. And who could tell if it was intentional in the final race? There are three cars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're telling me. That one intentionally running into the others wouldn't be noticed. Also, the three most famous cars <laughs> in all of racing at this point in history doing a race that is a historic race where they're only racing because of something that has never happened before, a three-way tie. This is an extremely important event, and no one noticed that one of the three hit another of the three they didn't look at two of the three people i guess but i'm pretty sure we litigated this a lot in episode 50 so we can move past it it's just still wild uh but you did mention something earlier that i want to go back to that sort of ties into my point of man i wish we knew a thing about nascar if you know anything about nascar i would love to know if anything like a three car only race has ever occurred because I don't think I've ever really considered that before, but it seems wild. Another thing to notice about that for some reason, it was only 200 laps. Yeah. As opposed to the 400 of the race they were, they tied in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Hey, uh, instead of being a long distance runner, we're just going to have you do like mid distance for some reason. Yeah, which got has got to change the race in some fundamental ways. But that was just a small thing. I've got one here that I think we could maybe get into for a bit. It's something about the logic of the movie sort of jumped out to me for the first time. And it's that Chick Hicks, his whole thing is that he never wins, right? He always comes in second or third. I think his whole thing is that he never wins when it's important. Yeah, because that's what confused me, is that 
his his whole like character is I always am coming up behind the king and now Lightning McQueen now that he's involved. But also he was tied for first in points for the season, which can be easily explained of just like, even though the king and Lightning got first a lot, they maybe performed much more poorly than Chick and some other races. Mm -hmm. To me, the big implication of this is while the king and Lightning are better at just outright winning races, it sort of implies to me that they're tied for points at the end of the season that Chick Hicks might just be a more consistent racer than the two of them. I mean, that's definitely something he feels because he yeah. looks at Lightning. He's like, that's some great racing out there by me. And if there's one thing he is, it's consistent, consistently awful. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he's also, yeah, like you said, horrible and probably gets consistently medium high placings in the races by you know cheating (laughs) but it's interesting to me like he's made out to be oh he's horrible he's bad at racing uh but like i don't know he might be pretty good at it i mean he'd have to be somewhat good at it yeah right Uh, because okay so maybe just a weird proposal maybe this is a world where uh, there's a set amount of points for each position in a race and if a lot of people don't finish the race, they don't get those points. So those points go up the ladder. So maybe that's how he's gotten so many points is just he basically kills a bunch of racers in the middle of the race and gets their points. Yeah, maybe that would. Man, we've called it a blood sport before for the reasons we've outlined with our issues of Chick Hicks's racing style. But that would encourage the blood sport a lot. Mm hmm. And clearly there isn't enough discouraging it. Yeah, that is true. Okay, you got one you want to get into? I've got a decently sized list. We've talked about this before, I am confident. But uh, they make a they make another drug joke of everyone's always lit. Yeah, they sure do. I think we talk about that in the Rusty's Brother episode. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's what they said. Like, uh, the track's always lit. And then he says... Ah, well, so's my brother, but he still needs headlights. <laughs> uh, let's go on to Mac has a camera that is invisible. Yes, that was one I noticed too. And like, it may be that we just don't see it. I don't know. But he has like a way to video chat with lightning uh, while lightning is in uh, his his truck. And... The angle just doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> for Mac. Does that imply anything, or would you just maybe call it a plot hole, or do we just not allow plot holes and we have to fill them? Is that the point of the podcast? <sighs> um. Well, I don't. I don't want to allow a plot hole, but at the same time, it's just there's a camera where there isn't a camera, and that's just upsetting. Because how do we explain that other than unreliable narrator? which is something I can easily get into. There's several bits of evidence, and this is not the way you're supposed to do things, scientifically speaking, but if you're looking for it, you can tell Mater is some sort of divine being controlling everything. (laughs) Yeah, if you're watching specifically for that, you can draw some conclusions. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there's a camera there. I don't know what to make of that. And then we've mentioned it before, I'm sure, but Harv is just 
a, a, a Jewish man. He either is, or for some reason, he's uh, appropriating the culture of. He he speaks Yiddish. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, we we've confirmed relig- like real world religions exist, which I do want to. While we're on the subject, I'll bring up a point from the my very last point. In fact, the end end credits. Yes, I've got a point that's probably a different point, but I also do want to talk about what you want to talk about. They, we've got a confirmed use of Chrysler instead of Christ, <laughs> which I always assumed was a joke we just made. Didn't you? Yeah, I don't know if to this day I've seen this and just forgotten about it or what, but there's an end end credits and it's. It's Van and Minnie, and she is exasperated. They're both clearly going to die. Yeah. And she says Chrysler, clearly in reference to Jesus Chrysler. Yeah, she says, for the love of Chrysler, which is <laughs> wild. And I know I, we have talked about that end in credits bit before, because we talked about the fact that Minnie and Van are definitely going to die of exposure out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Which sucks, but they sh- they should have taken the directions, I guess. Yep. Uh, and like one thing I want to talk about with that, my last note is, again, yeah, Minnie and Van die for sure. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot to say there, but, and I'm sure I've hit on this point before, the man literally has a GPS inside of him. Yeah. That, that's How what... did they get lost? Yeah. Th- I... I'm sure we've talked about that because mm-hmm. like what a wild thing to say, but I don't remember coming to any meaningful conclusions about it. It's a critique on uh, this masculine idea of you're supposed to be a wayfinder. You know the way you can figure it out and you don't ask for help. But seriously, these two people for sure going to die despite the fact that they have a GPS. Like built into your being. Mm-hmm. So. What's up? (laughs) No idea. Uh, And one little tidbit that really got me going. He's got a luggage carrying device on top of him. Yeah. And in in the end, he's got a bunch of plants growing out of him, including there. It seems like the implication is that they have been wandering for so long that this man has grown significant hair. It's no good. It's no good. Minnie and Van are dead, and I'm sorry to be the one who had to tell you. Oh, boy. Okay, so yeah, that happened. Yeah, I've got one that... One, a quick one. Maybe not a quick one. We'll see. Uh, There was a line, a very throwaway line. It's when Mac gets to California, and it's revealed that Lightning wasn't in his carrier, and it's the paparazzi. Can I guess you the line? Yeah, go for it. What, did I forget to wipe my mud flaps? No, that one's good and we should talk about it. After this one, one of the paparazzi shouts, Is it true he's going to pose for Car Girl? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, so there's porn. Yeah, like... (laughs) There's porn in the Cars world. Which we could have assumed, but... We probably have assumed before, Mm -hmm. knowing ourselves, but... I don't know, man. Do you want to explore the idea of how Lightning McQueen could pose sexily in a sexy magazine? Okay. 
So let me rephrase. We should do that. I don't care if you want to do it or not. Okay, so the the beauty and the terror of it, he doesn't have to do anything. I guess, yeah. Because we've discussed just earlier on this episode that in order for it to be sexual, you just have to intend on it being sexual. And I don't know how you can intend it to be more sexual than posing for a pornographic magazine, or at the very least, you know, like a shirtless firefighter's calendar or something, something maybe akin to that more than full porn, but it seemed more like full porn to me. I don't know. Yep. And uh, I think all he's got to do, maybe get a different paint job, maybe get new tires. I don't know. But like that combined with just the implication that he is being photographed for sexual pleasure. That's all it takes. Yeah, I I gotta imagine it's all in the eyes, you know? (laughs) The way he looks at the camera, that's how he gets them. (laughs) And I'll let you, the listener, interpret that however you want. Imagine, okay, I want us all except John and I because I don't want to do it or make my friend John do it, but I want all of you to personally imagine how Lightning McQueen would look at you if he was trying to seduce you. Lucas, I very much wish that we had to, but he for sure does it in the movie. All the time. I mean, that's all he does with female characters. He's a misogynistic little boy. He he looks at Sally and he says the words, all you got to do is stand there and let me look at you. And he does sex eyes. Yeah. If someone were to have taken a picture at that point in time, I'm sure it would be porn. Hmm. Mild stuff, John. He could have posed for porn in a courtroom. And you know, that's power, is mm-hmm. what that is. That's true power. You want to talk about the mud flaps, though? Okay, so he uh, says, What did I forget to wipe my mud flaps? And there are two possible interpretations. One of them is boring, and it's, Oh, he's embarrassed because he's like tracking in mud yeah. on his boots. But it can't be that because they're outside. Yeah, and I do want to establish before we obviously get to the conclusion that it's a poop joke, that it's altogether possible that it was just mud on mud flaps. But that's no fun. So it was defo poop, though. Yeah, it was defo poop. And uh, even better, I don't know if this was his butt cheeks have poop on them or just something more simple of... It's toilet paper. He's got toilet paper stuck to his pants or his shoe, and he's got dirty toilet paper on him. Yeah, I could see it like that. I think it it does lend a little credence, maybe, to them pooping out their exhaust. Mm-hmm. That is what I wanted to mention. And I appreciate you mentioning it when you didn't have to, because I know you like to come up with other ways they poop to make me uncomfortable. Again, if it's your first time listening, Thanks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it's poop on it. It's, it's, it's funnier if it's poop on his mud flaps, so we're going to say that. So yeah, he, I guess, against the wishes of Lightning McQueen, uh, did take a brief stop so he could poop, and then pooped on his mud flaps. Or he did listen to Mr. McQueen, And he just drove the entire way on the interstate and decided to pull a horse maneuver and poop while 
while just going. Man. He just went while he went. I like that one. I wouldn't say I like that one more, but it's funnier. <laughs> you are entertained more by that one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so it's that one. Hey, can we talk about Jay Limo's horrible, horrible chin? And like, right <laughs> off the bat, I get the joke. Everyone jokes about Jay Leno's chin. So when they introduce the character Jay Limo, they make him made him have a weird chin. But it doesn't make any gosh darned sense for a car to have a chin. What are you talking about? John? <laughs> it's just a tiny little dent in the front of a car that's for some reason got a very, very large front. It's an enormous outward dent is what it is. Yeah. So? N- nigh tumorous is what it looks like, looks like to me. It I looks- mean... I mean, that could be the explanation, but it looks like he's got a big, horrible growth on his face because it doesn't make sense for cars to have chins, John. And man, do I want the die cast of Jay Limo now. So he's got a big chin. Why does he have a big chin? Because it's funny, I guess. I, I guess. Maybe in this world, he is also the crimson chin. Ooh, but the the... The blue bottom of the head. <laughs> All right, let's get back to uh, the order of my list. Next on the list, Lightning is really dumb. He is Himbo King, <laughs> I guess. He's just like so dumb. What is the first thing he does? He's trying to find Mac. Where would Mac be? Who knows? Well, I know one thing for certain. I'm clearly... An hour or so into my journey, uh, it's nighttime, so I haven't gotten all that far towards California. So my friend who I have demanded to drive straight there is missing. Where am I going to look for him? I'm going to take the first exit I see. Yeah. Because clearly he's not going to be on the interstate. He follows some other truck that isn't him. Then he gets to an intersection and then he decides, oh, shoot. I should go back to the interstate. And do you want to know what he does? I'll tell you, he doesn't. Does he turn around? He he doesn't turn around, John. Wait a minute. What what does he do if he doesn't turn around, Lucas? He takes a random turn towards the first lights he sees. So instead of turning around and going to the place that he was, which is the place he's going to, the interstate, which he got off of for who knows what reason. He turns towards a random light in the distance, not thinking about the fact that the interstate is behind him. Yeah, which sort of ties into one of my points. And it feels like something we've potentially discussed before. So tell me if you think it is. But do you think Lightning has ever driven on real roads? Well, Lucas, I'm glad you asked. What is one of the questions that Sally asks him to make him seem like such a city boy who never does anything but race. Don't you city slickers or whatever she says ever just go for a drive? And his response is no. No, we he's never, never been on a drive. Yeah, I don't think Lightning McQueen has ever driven on like actual roads for any significant amount of time. Yeah. And like that would, I guess a little bit explain his behavior. Like, it doesn't maybe justify it, because, like, common sense, but 
he certainly acts like he's never driven on streets before. Good piece of evidence of that. He doesn't seem to understand that there's just a speed limit. You can't just go 100 miles an hour down a road that's leading to a middle of nowhere town. That's not cool. Not in America. He, there's also a point where he starts running into cones and just keeps running into them. So <laughs> you could say he runs into them because he didn't see them because he doesn't have headlights. Even though those cones were lit, sure, he didn't see them. Like... He then hits them <laughs> and has no idea what to do. And this and several other times, he doesn't do something that is a basic function of every car. I don't know if this man ever seems to intentionally break. Yeah, yeah. When he's about to run into a barbed wire fence, what he does is he says no and then just keeps going forward. Don't hear any tire screeches. You don't hear anything resembling him trying to break. No, he just goes into it doesn't stop when he's about to hit the small cones. He doesn't stop when he's about to hit the big cones. What does he do when he hits the big cones? He just starts twirling around really fast. What does he do when he can't make a turn? He doesn't slow down. Oh, no. I, and again, it all sort of makes sense for a race car. I mean, I, I guess he stops for pit stops. So he knows how to break. Lucas, but, he famously is terrible about that. Yeah, but like he physically does stop <laughs> when he needs a pit stop, even though he, he doesn't get the stuff he needs or do as many of them as he should. He does uh, that in the like 200 lap race intentionally. But I think there is a point to be made that in the scene in which he stops and refuses tires while he's getting his gas, there's a chance that he didn't stop intentionally. He just legitimately ran out of gas. That's fair enough. <laughs> and much like some other stuff, it's pretty, it's funnier to me. So I'll say it's what I think. And my evidence for that is the man drives until his tires explode because he's not good at getting things when he's going to need them. So clearly the man could run out of fuel in the middle of a race because he's just not thinking about it. Yeah. I, and he uh, also doesn't seem to have a good sense for how much fuel is in his tank. You know, our example is when he's in the town, someone takes the boot off and he drives like crazy and gets stopped like a mile outside of town. Yeah, that's... He should be able to tell how much gas he has somehow, right? He, you'd think so. Like people... You'd think so. Like, in this society, people would have to know how much gas they have. But he's surprised when he runs out. So, like, he okay, he should either have some sort of visual indicator of how much gas he has that he can see somehow. Or he should just be able to feel it. But he's surprised. Man, that's a good point, John. He doesn't know how much gas he has. He doesn't ever stop intentionally. Unless it's the very end of the movie. And, yeah. okay, this one is weird. Okay. He revs his heart. Yeah, we we have had some level of canonical confirmation that engines are considered hearts. He runs out of gas. He doesn't know it. He revs his heart, 
at very inappropriate times. He just generally speaking, this man is an athlete who does not take care of his body. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he puts himself through a bunch of torture. He is hard headed. The one like great redeeming quality is that he cares about what he does and he tries really hard and he's naturally gifted. And he's absolutely running himself into the ground, which is which, bad. Further example is that like 13 years later, he he's completely ruined. His body is just old and ravaged by time. Yeah, it's not good. But Radiator Springs was founded in 1909. I don't have like a point about that. I just noticed it on Stanley's statue and thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, Stanley's statue. Also, when I started watching the movie, I was in the middle of the movie, except I was not. I was closer to the front. And it was the point at which the statue screams. Yeah. So the statue screams. Just talk about that. Sure. And then one thing about the statue. There's a giant golden tooth in the statue. Yeah. And the amount that that tooth is worth could probably have saved the town for years. For sure. First off, if you want to know why we say that the statue screams, A, there's literally a sound effect when it lands of a of a ghostly scream. B, listen to our episode on Radiator Springs 500 and a half in which it's literally canonically haunted by Stanley's ghost. <laughs> but yeah, that's a big expense of gold tooth. You sure are right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my next point is, and I don't know how much of a point this is or isn't, but Mater's name isn't Tomater, and at some point it became Tomater because he introduces himself and he says, Hi, my name's Mater, like Tomater, but without the ta. He explicitly says, It's not there. Don't say Tomater or Tomater, it's just Mater. And the name of his company is Tomater, but I don't know. Like on the Disney wikis, he's called Tomater. So at some point, his name canonically became Tomater, and I don't mm-hmm. know what that's about. I think it's a Fred situation where because he's got his name on him, that is his name. Okay. So maybe his name is Tomater, and it's separate, and he just wants everyone to call him Mater because he's a good old Southern boy. Yeah. So his name is Tomater, and he's like, haha, it's like tomato and he just doesn't realize that he could just say toe instead of ta yeah and like watching this movie that's very in character is him never realizing that okay let's let's go on to another thing in this list this great great list uh you in the red he's trying to get red's attention so he looks over to him and he says hey you in the red when you say in the red You are talking about someone wearing an article of clothing that is red. Yeah. Red's entire body is red. Yeah. It's also his name is red. And there's a tattoo artist who's clearly a tattoo artist who changes his entire body like every day. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely clothes. It's definitely skin. And it's definitely tattoos. It's all of them, baby. Sorry. And it's just deeply upsetting because this movie confirms that it is all of those things. Yeah, it uh, yeah, it does. Sorry. <laughs> uh yeah. 
Because, like, one of the things is he scratches the paint at the beginning. Are you saying, hey, dude, you scratched my jacket? Are you saying, hey, dude, you scratched my skin? Are you saying, hey, dude, you just permanently deformed my tattoo? You just gave me a big old gash on the side of me? And, like, the obvious answer is it's none of those things. It's a paint job because they're cars. It's a full different thing, which, like, yeah, it is. But, like, they refer to it as if it's all those things. I think Lightning even calls Sally's uh, tattoo a tattoo, like a pinstriping tattoo. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot. I want to get into the courtroom scene a little bit, and I won't lose my mind about how horribly, horribly misrepresented Lightning McQueen is in this courtroom scene, if you want that. Go and listen to Law and Order SUV, an episode where we dive into that scene for a while about how it's just the worst kangaroo court in the world. He could reasonably soothe him for everything they have. Yeah, it's absolutely wild to me. But they didn't give him any amount of time to find his own representation. They didn't allow him to contact anyone. They just sentenced him, forced him to accept representation that he did not want charged him $32,000 for yes. that very bad representation, forced him to do manual labor with extremely unsafe equipment that burned his flesh. And forced him to sleep outside until his crush took pity on him. So, yeah, we talk about all that in that one episode, but I have a few tinier things that I want to get into. Also, they kept him basically starved. Yeah, while doing physical labor. Not good. <laughs> but one of them you mentioned, uh, which is the $32,000. I just wanted to bring it up because a lot of times you insist money isn't a thing. And bada bing, my dude, $32,000. It's mentioned. I'm moving on. <laughs> he mentions $32,000. And also the people around town keep trying to get him to buy stuff. And he does and Somehow. gets everything fixed without having anything on him no i i agree with you that money doesn't make sense i have always agreed with you on that but sometimes you say what if money just isn't a thing and it canonically is uh it could just genuinely be a joke thing which is somehow worse uh two other tiny things about the courtroom scene one tiniest thing in the world there are a bunch of ceiling fans in there so i guess they get hot and that's weird to me Mm -hmm. but not weird enough to really justify a lot of discussion about it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> also, how do they pull the pull cords? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, just some things I noticed. Uh, Mater mentioned the roads on the moon. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. implied that they would be very smooth. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about the roads on the moon because Obviously, it was intended as Mater's dumb. He doesn't know there are no roads on the moon. But Mater's been to the moon canonically in Moon Mater. Maybe past this in time. It has to be because he hadn't met lightning. That we know of. Or <laughs> he, had he? Yeah, he's wiped his memory before he'll do it again. Because uh, if you consider that, his statement is a lot less strange. When he says, I knew I made a good choice in Ooh. my best friend. Ooh, I like that point, Johnny. Because 
if he's just some country bumpkin who has known this guy for a day, and he's saying he's his best friend after a day, that's sad and very, very overly attached very quickly. But if he's been torturing this man by removing his memories like every few days just for funsies, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you don't know, we're talking about <laughs> Mater's Tall Tales, which Mater does something wild, and Lightning's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, you were there. And he's like, no, I wasn't. And then it's implied at the end that, oh, it was all true. Sorry. Uh, which is why we think Mater has god powers. But <laughs> And some physical evidence for how this could be in the future of their relationship is that in one of those episodes, you see Mater lose one of his headlights. Mm. Yeah, you he, do. You're he loses a headlight right. in one of the Mater's tall tales. And that means that the tall tales could take place before the events of Cars, meaning that he knew Lightning before he met him. Yeah, maybe Mater just like Lightning was questioning too much of like, well, how did how did I get here? Have I always been here? What's going on? And Mater was like, okay, I got to give him a backstory. I've got to insert some memories. So let's let's do it from the top. And then he used his god powers to make a backstory that happened. And Lightning never questioned it again. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, there are roads on the moon also. There are roads on the moon. And for some reason, the roads on the moon are a lot more smooth, I guess. But not as smooth as the road that Lightning made. <laughs> so they're pretty smooth. But not mm -hmm. as smooth as just like a pretty well-made road. Which is strange because, you know, a bunch of craters and lakes on the moon. <laughs> yeah. So there's a secret society of maters living on the moon. Something. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to say. All right. And now let's get to a point that's deeply upsetting for me to think about and admit. There is another character who is very, very capable of wielding his body as if he had a hand. Yep. That is my exact next point. Are you talking about Luigi cleaning the window? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did it with his antenna. Yeah. One of their hands, Luigi just uses his antenna incredibly dexterously. Mm-hmm. Better than people tend to be able to use their hands. Like, if you were to program a robot to clean a window, he'd do it with that much precision, which I guess Luigi is a robot. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> but it it is... A blow to one of their hands. I'll I'll fully admit that and 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 own it. <laughs> and I don't have a lot of examples. That was the one that's significant to me, but I'm pretty sure it happens throughout the movie where like various people use things that aren't hands as if they were hands. Yeah, like uh Ramon somehow has his paint attached to his wheels in a way that they really don't show you the mechanism, almost certainly very intentionally. It's just kind of glued to the side for some reason. And somehow it activates when he wants it to, which mm -hmm. maybe he could like plug it into a port and it like attaches to his wiring or something. I don't know. But I will say uh, something back in one of their hands favor you couldn't wield something very heavy with your antenna, at the very least. You'd think that, but I don't know. 
Because, like, it depends on how heavy we're talking, of course. Like, you couldn't lift up another car. But that, like, dexterous nature, he was clearly having absolutely no difficult with the squeegee thing. And then there's the uh, girl who is a child who's got this very large toy thing on her antenna that she's waving back and forth. And that could be a pretty substantial weight, especially for a child. And it's just something she's wearing on her hand. Yeah, but at the very, I'm saying that they couldn't like pick up large stones or something to like do hard manual labor. Like they can pick up things we could pick up with one hand probably to maybe a bit of a lesser extent. But like, I I still think it's more limited than just a set of hands. Strength-wise, yes, I would probably say that their antenna is equal to a human hand, but not like a, a strong human hand, just a, a normal person. Dexterity-wise, maybe better. Maybe For better. Sure. <laughs> For sure. Because he's just a guy who sells tires, and he's amazing at cleaning windows. And maybe he's just amazing at cleaning windows. We don't nope, know. He but- also paints. No, wait, that was, uh, that, was Guido. that was Guido, who was painting at the same time. Seems like you should paint, then wash the windows to get the paint that got on the windows off. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Maybe that's what they did for the inside, and he's going to swap to outside. Who knows? Now, interesting thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, there is a point at which he's got his new tires, and he's getting a paint job, and they've covered up his uh, tires. They did not cover up his windows. They sure didn't, did they? He does close his eyes and hold his breath, I believe. But like, that seems super risky. And it brings me to the point of, there are several times in this movie where I'm forced to confront the fact that it would be so easy to blind yourself in this world. Considering the amount of times that people ran into fields of cacti. Yeah, I still... Okay. I always assume there is a pane of glass in between their eyes and the world. Like, their eyes are behind the windshield and also the size of the windshield. Do you assume that or no? I assume that simply because of the man who has all the bugs thrown into his windshield. Yeah, in Cars 3, a guy gets bugs in his windshield eyes, and that's upsetting. But then you gotta think about the fact that these cars who run into the cactuses, they're in pain which means that there's some sort of damage being done to them. And the things that are being damaged, for the most part, are metal. Yeah. And if the cactus can pierce metal, it can for sure pierce a pane of glass. And yeah, if the glass shatters, that's right on your eye. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So glass shatters, you're one individual, unless you're uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh sonic the hedgehog-esque eye you're you're done yeah it's it's bad that's bad and it's a poorly designed being (laughs) i'll say it whatever divine being designed them needs to do a second run at that maybe make them bipedal and flesh based Mm -hmm. it would make the world make a whole lot more sense at least give them hands john i wanna talk about doreen do you remember doreen Ah, shoot. Doreen, give me a hint. She is not in the movie. Mater talks about her. Oh, no. 
already bad. Um, just go ahead and tell me. Yeah, when Mater and Lightning are talking about Lightning's very obvious crush on Sally, Mater says, Shoot, I once had the biggest crush on this girl named Doreen. She was the prettiest car i ever seen. Oh, I, I got it. Yeah. I'm going to try and finish. He described her as looking like a Jaguar, but a truck. Yeah, a Jaguar with the body of a truck, which I don't know. I would I would like to see that because it sounds weird and interesting. And what did he used to do to get her attention? John, he used to crash into her to get her attention. Which this is just another of the many, many examples I have. And again, this isn't like trying to reopen the case or anything, but like clearly assault is just fine in this world. Or it's very, very bad. And he just makes it okay with his God powers in this specific case. Mater's a bad man who crashes into women to get them to notice him. Now Lucas, not I, women, a woman. He he has done it to one that he is admitted. He has admitted to doing it multiple times to one woman, and clearly he doesn't have any reservations about grabbing onto people in uncomfortable areas. I mean, they make it explicit. Every <laughs> time he hooks on to lightning, lightning goes, ah! As if he's been grabbed in a way he didn't want to be grabbed. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because why not? Lots of reasons, John. And all of them good. And I mean, we know Mater's history with women isn't good. He turned me and Tia into Dalmatians once. Seriously, if you haven't listened to the Mater's Tall Tales episodes, it's maybe the biggest breakdown we ever had. <laughs> but... That's not like in car. Like I expect it in Mater's Tall Tales, you know. I expect it a little bit in Cars too, but in Cars, they just had Mater crashing into women. No, they just had him talking about it as if it's a perfectly acceptable thing for him to have done. Uh, it's bad. He shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'll be the first. You know, I'll I'll take a stand against Mater. Someone has to. That's very brave of you, considering we do know he has godlike powers. That's true. Maybe I... Oh, gosh. If he wants you gone, you are already gone. That's true. Okay, let's let's look back at this ridiculous list. Blushing and Piston. Okay. Now, blushing. When lightning is believed to be embarrassed or really, really warm, they thought, oh... He's blushing, or I don't know what the line was, but someone said something like, he's turning red. Yeah, I remember Lizzie saying that, and it was like a joke of like, ah, Lizzie's senile. That's funny. And everyone handles it as if, oh, look, yeah, that's a thing. People get really warm or really embarrassed, and then they get flushed. Huh, yeah. That's, no. Huh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, how we've, I mean, it's canon that it happens. So we got to figure out how does it happen, John? Okay. Yeah. So I think we've seen discoloration of the eyes from like things hitting them or I don't know. I feel like I've seen some red eyes on a car. 
that that sounds right to me, but I couldn't place it. So we'll say, yeah. <laughs> so maybe they blush with their eyes. That was going to be my thing, because what in the hell else could they blush with? Well, Lucas, that was my thing, so you got to say the other one. I don't have another one. Lucas, how do they, how do car blush? Their tongue? Their That's tongue. flesh. All right, turning red, so their tongue just swells and gets very red. Or they get and a, that's embarrassment or heat stroke. They get a bloody mouth, I guess. I don't know. That does get me to another point of mine uh, in a weird roundabout way. There was a bit where Mater was asleep. And to show this, they showed him either drooling or his nose running. I would assume drooling. And that drool was pitch black oil. Well, Lucas... As as we've dis- as we've discussed, he's clearly a divine being. Sure. And what do we know about divine beings with some sort of black ooze emanating from them? I would love for you to tell me what we know about that, John. They're demons. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, so, that is very supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, he's Mater's a demon, and we just gotta accept that. Maybe he's a Leviathan. Who knows? No matter what, he's got some crazy powers. And he's a demon. But like early, early supernatural demons when they were like the most powerful thing in the in the world. You know, back when they used to be scary. Instead of being able to be killed with pretty much any knife or any gun, it's, it seems. <laughs> but, oh well. Do another one, John. Okay, okay. So the joke, he did what in his cup? fundamentally doesn't work yeah because he already heard the term piston cup yeah hey if you don't know the joke it's uh he won three piston cups he did what in his cup he pissed in his cup is what made her heard mm-hmm. good one larry the cable guy <laughs> which would be of course comedy gold yes if Mater hadn't heard the term piston cup the night before that. Yeah, all Lightning does is talk about the piston cup. That is all he does. Mm -hmm. He was talking about how he has to get to the race, all that stuff. And I can confirm that the night before that, he at least heard one time uh, Lightning talking about how he needs to win the piston cup. Meaning that joke, which would have been comedy gold, ruined. And... We'll keep our mouths. We'll 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 stay quiet, Pixar, for a price. We won't go as public as this already is anymore. If you send us, like I don't know, like twenty bucks each would probably do it. No, I I'll I'm willing to let this slide so long as you just send Lucas a J Limo diecast. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, that would rule. All right, I've got one here. And it's another one of those small ones, but Mater comes and he rushes by Lightning and he says, Hey, Lightning, if anyone asks, I was sma- we were smashing mailboxes together. Which is a crime. Yeah. A, we've already established Mater is a lawless, potentially godly, not potentially, we've established we fully think Mater has god powers, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shy away from it, but... That's not what I wanted to get into. I don't know. Mail just seems pointless for cars. 
Well, you need mail if you're a race car, because famously, race cars don't have phones. Yeah, in Cars 3, they say about six times race cars don't have phones and never explain why they say that. Uh, Despite the fact that in the first movie, there is a character who is only shown through phone. Yeah. Lightning McQueen's phone. Yeah, it's weird. But (laughs) I don't know. Paper mail just feels too fragile in a world of cars. Also, how do you write a letter? You don't. You don't write a letter, John. I mean, with your antenna. Dang it. How does a race car write a letter? No, they ain't got any of them. Okay. They don't have forks. They don't have antenna. They don't have headlights. They don't have horns. Huh. What's up with race cars, huh? We've talked about it, but what's up with race cars? This is interesting, because when you think about it, we mentioned that Lightning clearly has never spent significant time on roads. I don't think he's legally allowed to be on the roads. I mean, he doesn't have headlights, so I if would agree If you're driving with you. at night without headlights, that's illegal. If you don't have a horn on the interstate, that's illegal. Okay, here's something that we may I don't think we've said before. Lightning McQueen and all other race cars are fully genetically bred in labs only to race. And I think all the stuff we've just said about how they don't have essential car parts is a thing. All the stuff about they've never driven on real roads is evidence. But also, Lightning even says, I am a precision instrument of something in aerodynamics. Talking about himself as if he was, like, designed for this. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, would make sense if he was just a car and not a living being. (laughs) In the third movie, that's just confirmed again. Yeah, That's all the new racers are, is just better engineered cars. And like, thank the manufacturer is a line in this. So there's like a god figure who's the manufacturer. So everyone potentially was made in like the great factory in the sky and or just somewhere physically on Earth. Mm -hmm. But Okay, so somewhere physically on Earth, there is another divine being who somehow is related to Jesus Chrysler. I mean, I gotta imagine he's Jesus Chrysler's father. He did manufacture him. Now the virgin birth, we can't get into that right now. We can do an episode exploring Christianity if we want, but we can't get into that right now. Okay, okay. If you want to go further with that, feel free. I was just gonna say Mater is the oppositional force to that. Because he's a being of destruction of mischief, so Mater's the devil. But, (laughs) on a much lighter note, who fixed the neon? Uh, That would, of course, be... You remember. Lightning was there, and then he helped everyone. But by... uh, Hey, John, who fixed the the neon, though? Uh, Neon is such a precision, like very specialized thing to know how to fix (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the way to fix neon is to replace the bulb or have a good amount of skill or know-how with wiring and the ability to execute any sort of changes with that and you know a supply of the gas neon (laughs) Mm -hmm. so So, clearly lightning mcqueen they they claimed he helped fix everyone's neon. Uh, he clearly 
gave all of them money for their services, even though he didn't have any money, and ordered, special ordered all of the bulbs that needed to be replaced and all the parts to fix the neon, uh, even though he didn't have any way of communicating with the outside world, and had it shipped and installed within a day. And this one feels a bit more than usual of us just picking on an obvious plot hole, which, again, is the concept of the podcast. I don't know why you're surprised, but it feels like like this one's just a genuine plot hole that they made in their movie, as opposed to like us asking how cars have sex. See, it's a problem when the plot hole is also a major plot point. Yes, that's that's what I was going to get to. It's so important to the plot that the neon gets fixed. It's why Sally like cemented her feelings for Lightning McQueen, because he helped bring the city to its old glory somehow. Yeah, so either someone in town or Lightning has this incredibly specialized skill set of fixing neon bulbs and could do the entire town in a matter of hours, or we're gonna just have to say, oh, Mater did it with his god powers. (laughs) A a well-known, well-explored, obvious commentary to make about this whole movie is that in a lot of movies, there's a gimmick, and the gimmick in some way serves the plot. And the gimmick in this movie is that they're all cars. Yes. And the problem with that is that it in no way needs to be that way. Yeah. We could just be a race car driver. (laughs) They could all just be people. And the fact that they're cars, not only does it not serve the plot, it actively creates problems that they never bother to fix. Yeah, the fact that they are cars is about the world, not the story. Mm-hmm. And it, and genuinely, if you're just if you want to just watch the movie and be like, "Yeah, they're cars. Who cares?" That's a wonderful way to watch the movie, and my recommended way to watch the movie. It's I would say the right way to watch this movie. Yeah, like who cares? They're cars, <laughs> but it just man, it invites so many questions, and that's why we do a podcast about it. Uh, but if we skip over to when the paparazzi finds Lightning McQueen, once again, there were a couple of throwaway lines in there. And I'm not going to talk about thank you, thank the manufacturer. We've talked about thank the manufacturer to death. But there are two little things that the paparazzi say. And th- the first one, I'll admit, maybe I misheard. So... We can throw it out if you like, but I'm almost certain one of them saw his white-walled tires and said, Are your tires balding? (laughs) And I just don't know where to begin with that. (laughs) Okay. Tires balding is a thing. Okay. That's not what it is. Yeah. When your tires are balding, it means you need to get new tires because the treads are gone. So this man saw these new tires... (laughs) these fresh new crisp tires with white walls and asked are your tires balding it's like if someone showed up with new weird looking shoes and you recognize they're new so you say looks like you need to get new shoes soon yeah i I, maybe maybe that was it like just like in the real world saying that would just be interpreted as like oh what like a dick thing to say about my new shoes 
maybe that's all it was. He was just being a dick about his tires. And if it's not that, and it's just a joke about, are you going bald? Then that's so much more rude. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's the paparazzi saying this. Paparazzi are famous for being generally very horrible to famous people. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I believe it. But the other thing I heard in there, and we've talked a lot about drug use, so I don't think it's a revelation, but one of them does shout, is it true you were in rehab? Yeah, that I also heard that. So substance abuse is a thing in this world. The delinquent road hazards uh, seem to be proud of their illegal substances that they've modded themselves for. Uh, example is that not only does the guy have his NOS canisters like on display, but they have like they're labeled. They're they're labeled NOS. Yeah, and like I mean, the character's name is Boost. Like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like, and we're not just like assuming like oh, NOS is uh, nitrous is drugs. Like, in the bios for the delinquent road hazards, they don't explicitly say it but they get pretty close to explicitly saying that nitrous is drugs. It's it's to the point where if you read it and you disagree with us, you're being obstinate. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Like, you could say, well, that doesn't mean it's illegal drugs or anything. I mean, it doesn't mean it. It just is the same thing as meaning it. Yeah, pretty much. And again, we've we've established that drugs and alcohol are almost certainly a thing, so I don't know that it's a big thing to talk about, but I thought it was a fun line. Uh, So, the delinquent road hazards. Yep. The first person to be called one of those... Is Lightning McQueen. Is Lightning McQueen. Yep. Now, do you think that means uh, that he thinks that Lightning is part of their gang? Or is that just what he calls them and it became, like, their name? amongst like the the fandom i guess uh in canon i hope it's he thinks he's a part of that game yeah uh but i will say i'm pretty sure it's uh the i'm pretty sure it's that they just called lightning that and then that became the name of the gang yeah that's that was pretty much what i was thinking on like a meta sense that's what happened Mm -hmm. okay you ready to get to California, baby? Absolutely. Let's get to California. How do we get to California? It goes in Mac. What, what? Mac? I don't know how the rest of Radiator Springs got to California. Now, how, how does he go in Mac? Mac already went to California. Mac came back. But why did, why did he come back? How did he know where he was? Because Doc called them to tell them they were in Radiator Springs. Doc what? He called them, but race cars don't have telephones. So, Doc. Yeah. A race car. Uh huh. Used a phone. Yes. To call outside of the city to contact Lightning McQueen's people, meaning it was a thing he could do the entire time. And he just refused to, despite being a judge who would legally be required to, or at least to allow him to. So, it's not that the judge. And the entire judicial system of Radiator Springs couldn't have done it better. 
It's that they willfully refused to do better. They didn't want to. He is a judge who does not care for the law. Yeah, which I guess happens when you make the town doctor the judge. When you make the town doctor a judge and you haven't done enough research to know that their last job was famous race car. (laughs) He's just a guy who showed up in your town and you're like, yes, you can operate on us and decide all legal matters in our town. They didn't even figure out his last job. So he didn't submit a resume, that's for sure. (laughs) But when they leave Radiator Springs, go back to California, uh, there's a bit where they... where they stop you right there. Okay. What does Max say when he sees lightning? I don't remember. Well, aren't you a sight for sore headlights? Why wouldn't... They have eyes. They have eyes. Why wouldn't they just say sight for sore eyes? Because they wanted to make it a car thing. Yeah, that one doesn't even like require meta discussion that's them actively ignoring their own world and how it works they have eyes and there is one character that makes that statement much much worse yeah that is of course celine one of your die casts yep celine defoe who shows up in cars too and has eyes in her headlights for some reason we don't know why but it's a scene that happens it doesn't affect the plot can i leave radiator springs now absolutely (laughs) okay they get to california and they're talking about how like unprecedented the race is and how it's the biggest deal in the world and like places are closing for it and i want to go through they show like a business a and then a school are closed for it and then there's an entire city that on the like welcome to whatever city it was sign uh, hangs another sign on top of it that says closed for race. So the the whole town is a lot. Mm-hmm. You can just close anything and everything if sport. Which does fully feed into like what we've talked about in the past of like, hey, racing is the thing in this world. Like it is the sport it is the source of entertainment like it it, it is the biggest thing in the world and yeah it closed a full town for it probably more than one but we see one for sure yeah closed a full town for it and yet people trying to find their way to the interstate have no idea who lightning mcqueen is this entire town of radiator springs no idea even though we do know that they've listened to racing news on the radio. Yeah, it's at least comes up on the radio, which I guess you wouldn't physically know who Lightning McQueen was if you only listened on the radio. Sure, but what they heard on the radio was, oh boy, this person who is claiming to be Lightning McQueen, who's in our town right now and claiming to be missing from you know, what he's supposed to be doing, That sure is a funny story and coincidence because the actual Lightning McQueen is also missing. You know, I will say Minnie and Van definitely don't believe him that he's Lightning McQueen, which is weird because as we've described, racing is like the mega, like the monolith in the Carsverse, and they should recognize him. But I think the citizens of Radiator Springs believe him. I think they just don't care. Well, Mater didn't know who he was. Which tracks for Mater 
he was lying. He's he's the devil. No one in the town seemed to recognize him from all the things. Like, here's an interesting tidbit, a little knowledge about who I am as a person. I was laughed at and mocked by uh, Bulk and Skull. And when I found out it was Bulk and Skull, my embarrassment and my like frustration with the people laughing at me immediately vanished and was replaced with, oh, this is the best thing ever. John, people don't know who those people are. Bulk and Skull were the bullies from the uh, Power Rangers? Yes. Uh, here's the thing. It's specific to the situation that oftentimes embarrassing things would happen to them, like little accidents and whatnot, and then they were the comedic relief. So them laughing at me like this, it was clearly like a, ha-ha, that's a Bulk and Skull thing. So, like, it was perfect. They were probably putting on an act because it would be funny to pretend it was funny which made it funny. Uh, and uh, if Lightning McQueen scuffs your shoes, he is a famous racer. Your shoes are now far more valuable. It's not something you get angry at him for if he like is clearly in distress. But like when you think about the kind of people who would live in a town like Radiator Springs willingly and have for like upwards of 40 years, like, I don't know, it tracks to me that they just wouldn't care about this celebrity and would be like, See, no, he met, you messed up our road. We're not going to let you go do the race. We don't care. That would track for me for a few of them, like Doc, of course. Yeah. Sally, even. But like, again, this is the thing. Racing is like the biggest thing on their world. So like the fact that not a single member of that town thought oh this is lightning mcqueen and was like impressed and celebrity struck starstruck and uh just thoroughly amazed and impressed and like wanting to be his best friend because of that that's insane to me to me i think it makes a little more sense to me but i see where you're coming from definitely and again minnie and van not recognizing him makes no sense whatsoever yeah especially because they're exactly the type of people who feel like people who are out in the middle of nowhere are just all crazy. So of course they're going to be really into like society and city life and knowing what everyone is obsessed with, which would be racing. Yeah, it's weird. And then they do the race. We've pretty much covered the race for me because I wanted to talk about Chick Hicks and how wild it is and is the push pushing legal thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then we did that, like, literally an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> so they do the race. <laughs> really, the only other thing I have, uh, because we also did For the Love of Chrysler at the beginning of the episode for some reason, uh, <laughs> is it's a joke. It's the very last thing that happens in the movie, even after Minnie and Van drive off, is the little bug which is a literal bug. Their scientific name is their room around us bugs runs into the camera mm -hmm. or the fourth wall, the screen it runs into the fourth wall. You know, I actually had a note and it was just fourth wall. And guess what? He, the, the, he, he broke it. <laughs> was not about the bug. Oh, okay. Go for it. Uh, it's our final example of, of course, 
Tomater is a divine being. Because in the beginning, when it's doing the like, everyone's fixed <laughs> Sorry. and everything's better. Real quick, mm-hmm. you just saying, of course, Mater is a is a divine being, and then going in the beginning was very <laughs> very funny. In to me. the beginning, go ahead. I apologize. <laughs> in the beginning of the uh, after credits, you see everyone's like, "Oh, look, they're me and T are working it there, and everyone's mm. coming up." And yeah. oh, look, this is a huge event. Everything's coming up radiator springs a very important thing to notice is that mater is looking at the audience into the camera and singing the song that is playing yeah yeah which of course is just a credits gag we get that it doesn't really have implications but we make everything have implications so it does so yeah i mean of course mater knows he's in a movie of course he does that makes perfect sense to me. Of course, Mater knows he's in a movie. And of course, he is the one telling the story. The bug just happens to be in the wrong place, the wrong time, bumps into the camera. But that's after uh, we see, oh, look, Mater's gone. So I guess everything can just stop now. Bug bumps into it. These two strangers who are a funny little gag are just going to die now. Oops, sorry. You should have believed lightning. <laughs> now you are punished. How dare um, you not believe Mater's best friend? Yeah, that's probably... Maybe Mater was that bug. Who can say? <laughs> He's all around us, folks. <laughs> but yeah, that that was Cars. <laughs> we watched it again. Oh, boy. <laughs> you want to give some just general thoughts about watching Cars after doing 99 episodes of a podcast about Cars? Okay, so... I think... That the fact that we record an hour or more for each episode, the fact that that means that we've spent well over a hundred hours talking about probably less than 200, not 200, uh, 20 hours of content. But essentially, the whole premise is based on that first Cars movie. Less than two hours. We have talked for over a hundred hours, well over a hundred hours, about something that was initially sparked by it less than two hour movie yeah and i'll say it almost felt a little weird to watch the movie for some reason because sometimes it feels like our podcast has become very divorced from the movies like it is intrinsically tied to them in some very obvious ways but like at this point while we draw stuff from the movies we talk more about just the cars verse mm-hmm. as a concept a universe of cars that we get evidence from these five movies and what however many shorts and it just it was there was something weird about watching one of the movies after all this time we consume a great deal of supplementary material and the problem is supplementary material is supposed to i don't know make something better make the main course nicer in some way. It's like we're eating dessert, except we have eaten dessert for 50 times longer than that first movie. Yeah. And to get back to the main course for a second, felt it felt like good. I was like, oh yeah, we should definitely do this every once in a while. Obviously, we should definitely do this. But uh. yeah, there was just... 
some odd feeling that I couldn't really place while watching it. We have talked about Disney Pixar's cars for probably, if I'm being honest, uh, like 90 or more of these episodes. Because there have been episodes that weren't about it. But the fact that we've talked about cars for that many episodes over the course of three years at this point. Yeah. It's a we've lot. We've been releasing them for two years, but yeah, we started well before that. This podcast was a long time in the making. And John, let me tell you, I looked in my closet the other day and I found my big stack of cars video games that I own. And we haven't even we haven't touched those, John. We have talked at length about how much I enjoy Cars 2. We have. You we you love the video game Cars 2. But <sighs> I will say that is going to be one of my goals while you're on paternity leave is I'm going to start playing these. But Oh boy. Generally, just a general thought, like it was a better movie than I remembered. I enjoyed watching it more than I thought I would. I was shocked because I teared up a little bit at lightning pushing uh, uh, the King Strip Weathers over the finish line. Obviously, I knew that was going to happen, but the emotional beats of the movie got me. The part of that scene that got me was just when it showed King and then it showed lightning's image in his head. And it's just overlapped image of uh, the fabulous Hudson Hornet during his crash. Yeah, that that's where it hit me. It's See, because he realized that it's not about racing. It's not about winning. It's it's about the people you meet along the way. Yeah. And similarly for me, what got me was Doc's growing smile when he realized what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man. They're not great movies, but they have some good moments in them. And they're good movies at the very least. Well, mm-hmm. this is a good movie. Cars 3 is a good movie. Planes, Fire, and Rescue is a okay movie. <laughs> yep. I don't know, man. It is nice. It is nice to have created something for this long and created this much of it. Yeah. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I will say, I've been thinking recently, part of what's funny about the podcast for me at this point is that we've done it so much. <laughs> like, that's the joke to me at this point is that we're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the 100th episode. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. we And I know I thank you at the end of every episode, but like a really, really super big thanks in this one. It's wild that you would listen to 100 episodes of me and my friend John talking about cars. Oh, boy. Yeah. and i genuinely hope we've brought you some laughs some smiles made you think about some stuff uh and we plan to continue to do so at least for the immediate future so (laughs) look forward to that specific thanks of course if you've ever reached out to us anyway we love 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 it when you do that because it's again sometimes it feels like we're doing it just for the two of us and getting a communication from one of you is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and if you want to be the coolest thing in the world, you could do it by sending us an email uh, at our email, which is the at gmail.com or tweet at us on Twitter at the Uh You can tweet at us episode ideas. Clearly we need them. We've done 100 of these. 
<laughs> can you imagine? I can, can't imagine, and I did it. It's so hard to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, I was being serious. If you do know stuff about NASCAR, we might have you on the podcast, so reach out about that. But anyway, wish John luck with his baby. We don't know it's going to come, so keep doing it until it does. And now John's going to say some stuff that he usually says. Thank you for listening to this kooky little podcast for any amount of episodes, but for especially those of you who have gone through 100 episodes of this, uh, thank you so much. Uh, And tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in listening to this very, very strange 100 episode now podcast about Disney Pixar's Cars. Yeah, and I'll I'll jump in to add, like, this one might be a good one specifically to recommend to people. Maybe not because it's significantly longer than usual, so I could get that. But, I don't know, it's pretty simple. We watched Cars, so <laughs> might be good. All right. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a Beamer. Tiny.